Welcome to the Homeschool Loftcast, a podcast presented by the Homeschool Loft in De Pere, Wisconsin. Our goal at the Loft is to encourage parents who educate their children at home and let them know that they are both called to and empowered for the task of home-based education. At the Loft itself, we offer one-on-one consultations, book clubs and discussion groups, workshops and seminars, and a curriculum viewing library. Through the Loftcast, we extend our reach to encourage and bless homeschooling parents everywhere. Today, Jenny is not here. I am in the studio with Jenny's son, Noah. Say hi, Noah. Hello, everyone. (laughs) And we are going to talk socialization. That is like a swear word among homeschoolers. (laughs) Wouldn't you agree, Noah? Oh, it sure is. It's a big one. Yeah. It's a big one. I mean, you know, that is the, and it's so funny because in the homeschool community, I feel like there have been so many things published mm-hmm. just explaining the countless benefits of homeschooling and how actually homeschool kids uh, are more socialized probably than people who receive a public education. But it's so funny because I, I know you do, Tina. I do too. I still hear people asking the question, well, like they just can't, it's so, um, you know, especially parents who are considering homeschooling and are products of a public education. They're just so um, products of the public school system. That is, you know, it's public school or nothing at all. So, um, yeah, happy to be talking about the (laughs) socialization benefits of homeschooling. Yes, for sure. Well, I think you're right. Well, one thing I want to back up and say, yes, there is this organization called NERI, N-H-E-R-I. What does it stand for? National Home Education Research Institute. The founder of it is Brian Ray, R-E-Y, and we should remember to stick that link on here. He does research into everything, right? Wow. Homeschool related, and he has done research on that socialization stuff, and you're absolutely right. He, and also Barna, has done research on it, and they find that homeschool adults are much more, by every measure, more socially well-adjusted as adults than kids who attended public or private school. Right. <laughs> so the research is out there, you know, if you want to look at it. But, right. And but I, I, yeah. I, I think one of the main questions is, or th- problems people have, is they don't really know what socialization means. Right. What does it mean? You tell me. What do you think it means? Ooh, that's a good Or what question. do you think people think it means, right? You know, I think that people have, um, I, I think that when people criticize homeschooling, um, you know, and criticize homeschoolers as being unsocialized. They're yeah. thinking, oh, well, if I if I bring my kids home, they're not going to be able to interact with other students their age, and they're going to be shy and awkward and um, just kind of like nerds, essentially. I think <laughs> I really do think that that's what that's the fear that parents have. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and you know, certainly those types of people exist, but the homeschoolers that I grew up with, Mm -hmm. um, were perfectly normal, um, (laughs) hip, cool, Mm -hmm. you know, um, loved to experience different things. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, just cool people that were like musical or love to speak different languages, Mm -hmm. love to read, love to travel. Mm -hmm. Um, even when I have conversations now with, you know, fellow 20 something homeschool graduates. It's like our conversations are never under an hour because we have so (laughs) like, it's just like, there's so many things to talk about, right? right? Yeah, exactly. And homeschoolers know how to converse. Right. Um, and even like sometimes when I, you know, pop my head into the loft, um, you know, you and you and my mom will be talking to a parent and their, their child will be there. And I remember talking to a five-year-old boy and was thinking like, okay, like you are a, 15 year old 
uh, or even a 30-year-old in a five-year-old's body. Like, yeah. just so eloquently spoken. Yes. You know? Um, so, I don't know. To me, that's the fear that parents have yeah. when it, with regard to socialization. Yep. Um, but what is socialization? I don't know. I mean, for me personally, I think one of the big benefits of homeschooling is um, your children are not trapped in in eight-hour regimen that only exposes them to the same group of people who are always their same age on a daily basis for a period of, you know, 12 years. I mean, if you homeschool your kids, you can bring them out into the real world, take them on business trips, take them to the grocery store, take them to grandma and grandpa's house. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, I mean... And when your kids get to that kind of age, whatever the legal age is that you can get a job in Wisconsin, what is it, 15? 14, 15 with a work permit, 16 without. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good to know. You know, I, uh, I've i just heard like anecdotally from fellow homeschoolers <laughs> that employers love homeschoolers. Oh, yeah, because they can work during the day, right? <laughs> right. Because their school schedule is set by their parents. So right. if the parent says you can work in the morning and we'll do our academics in the afternoon, they're the only kids who can do that, right? right? No, I think you're right. The... The fear of your kid's going to be weird, right? Yeah. As if there are no weird kids who attend public school. Right. I mean, I attended public school, and I was probably considered one of the weirdos <laughs> in a different way than I'm weird now, right? right. Um, I was shy. I was I was bullied when I was in elementary school just because I was shy and quiet. Yeah. And look at me now. I'm fine. But um, there are lots of awkward kids. Oh, yeah. In, if you're going to be awkward... You're going to be awkward no matter how right. you're educated. It has right. nothing to do with your education. No. Um, so I think you're right. The fear that your kids are going to be weird. But I would also say maybe it's good to be weird. Yeah. Like <laughs> you, you don't want to be so weird that you can't relate to the culture around you, right? But I also think there's something good. Like mm. when homeschoolers get together in their 20s, yeah. you guys have intelligent conversations. Right. You can talk about deep, interesting things as opposed to who's the latest pop star, you know, right. what icky thing just was on the Grammys. Who cares about those oh, things, know. right? So homeschoolers can have deep conversations and they know how to do that yeah. and not or not just be on their phones, right? right? I've been in rooms full of public school kids and they're all sitting around and they're just each on their individual phones oh, and they're not talking to each other. And not that homeschoolers don't have phones. And <laughs> they have phones too. You know what's but. funny is I have, um, and again, this is like anecdotal uh, experience, but I know Tina, you mentioned that there's actually research that backs this, which mm-hmm. we'll link in the description of this episode. Like anecdotally, it's so fascinating talking to homeschoolers that still to this day, even as working professionals, you know, 20 somethings that are kind of, you know, I mean, you're 20, you like to hang out with friends, you like to yep. mingle, they still don't have social media and they never did, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, because um, they just were more into real relationships. Yes. yes. And they had real relationships. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, cause that's the thing about school socialization. If you think about it, there's a meme that goes around and probably your mom has posted it on her <laughs> loft page many times and yeah. I've shared it too. Um, forced association is not socialization. Oh, so there's the negative definition just because your kids are sitting in a classroom with 20 or 30 other kids doesn't mean that they're socializing. In no. fact, what's you, you were homeschooled your whole life almost, Noah, right? Yeah. What's the number one thing that teachers tell kids about socialization in, in school? Um, well, I mean, I think it's that it's actually discouraged. They it's, say it's, st- stop socializing, yeah, exactly. right? You're you talking know, to your neighbor too much. Be quiet. Exactly. So they don't even get to talk to each other. And 
One of the other things I've heard about socialization from concerned parents thinking about homeschooling is, or the critics, right? The outright critics. They're like, well, we want our kids to have a diverse bringing up. And so we need to have them in school so that they can be around a whole slew of diversity one way or another. That's such a crock because kids in public school, almost all of them go to their neighborhood school, don't they? Yes. That means that they're surrounded by people who are in their same socioeconomic class. Yes. Whatever it is, right? Whatever it is, yep. And, I mean, that's another and research thing. And you do thing. find that. I mean, yeah. you do find that is, um, you know, generally speaking, schools are sometimes not a place of diversity, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether that be um, income level, experience right. level, um, you know, it's one of those right. things. Yeah, that's it's, a good it's point. It's not going to be diverse socioeconomically, right? No. Because you're going to live in a certain area and everybody in your nope. area has the same income, high or low, whatever. Mm-hmm. And those are the kids who you go to school with. Now, there may be racial and ethnic diversity, but that's going to be in every neighborhood. Right. And, you know, if you're a, a poor black family, you're going to have a similar experience to a poor white family. If you're a richer white family, you're going to have a similar experience to a richer black family. Mm-hmm. It's not so much about that when you look at similarities, differences, right? Right. So if you're the same socioeconomic background, there's no diversity there. No. Right? Versus homeschoolers don't stay home. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right? Because there's another myth, right? You could speak to that. <laughs> oh, exactly. Homeschoolers don't stay home. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's like a thing that's known in the homeschool community. Homeschoolers are taking their education to the library, to the park, mm-hmm. to, you know, on vacation, um, you know, to a friend's house, to a fellow homeschooling family's house, mm-hmm. to grandma's mm-hmm. house. They're yeah. interacting with all different people. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I mean, one of, to me, one of the biggest benefits that comes with homeschooling that's kind of linked to all of the other benefits is uh, time freedom. You know, yes. you are not, you know, you, you are not constricted to an eight hour school day. Exactly. Um, and you're not constricted location wise either. Right. You know, um, if you want to explore a rabbit hole that involves, you know, somebody of a different age group, you can do that. Yeah. Um, and it's just beautiful. I mean, you, especially like homeschoolers are so interconnected within the homeschool community. Yeah. Generally speaking, at least I think there's a lot of that in Northeast Wisconsin, fortunately. Yeah. So whether that's a homeschool co-op or a homeschool, like, you know, park meetup group, mm-hmm. you just have these children of all different ages, not just yes. eighth grade or seventh grade. Right. Um, learning from one another and playing with each other. It's beautiful. We were in a homeschool group the whole time the girls were growing up and did lots of different activities. One of the things that still stands out to me to this day was the girls wanted to take ice skating lessons. Mm. And that was when Abby was, she had just turned five. And, uh, well, she was like five and a half. And we went ice skating on New Year's Eve uh, in one of the things in town. That girl could skate. Like she was like, she could stay on her feet the entire time. She's like, afterwards, she said, mom, I want to take lessons. So we found homeschool ice skating lessons yes. that were during the day. And that's oh the beautiful goodness. thing about all the homeschool activities is like, you don't only need to hang out with other homeschoolers, but we have a lot of activities during the day, right? So right. we found this really neat homeschool ice skating club where a professional ice skating teacher had taken, you know, of her time, we paid her, but she came and she taught lessons and it was kids of all ages. So my girls were five and six when they started and it was all the way up to teenagers who had been taking these lessons. And some of them were in the area like 
more professional ice skating thing as well. And those teenagers then were helping the teacher to teach the little kids. Mm -hmm. And, And then they would just have fun on the ice after their lessons. And all the kids of all ages interacted with each other. The older kids mm. helped the little kids. Yes. The intermediate age kids helped the little kids and listened and respected the yes. older kids. And there was one girl one time who she had a kind of a rough life situation. Mm. She started bullying my daughters. Mm. In fact, she was bullying several of the kids. But yeah. the difference between that and school is it was we were on it right away. And this girl was being raised by her grandma. As soon as her grandma found out about it, that was the end of that, right? right. And it didn't have to go on. Right. Right. And everybody came just around and we weren't, we didn't kick that girl out. Mm -hmm. We just said, no, this is, we have to deal with it. So Mm -hmm. she was dealt with, but all the kids helping each other. And that was the thing that you don't see when kids are schooled because they're told if they're not seventh graders, you can't hang out with them. Right. I mean, it's only kids your same age. Otherwise they're, (laughs) they're too scary or they're too stupid. Right. Even, even siblings, right. Kids are told if you have a little brother or a little sister, they're stupid. Don't hang out with them. So, well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That doesn't happen in homeschooling. No. So. I mean, the, the opportunities to socialize for homeschoolers are totally endless. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Tina, like what are what are some good, you know, how did you, it's it's so weird to even phrase it like this, but it answers the question, how did you socialize your kids? <laughs> <laughs> well, then I think about the whole thing where people say you socialize your dog, not your kids. But I mean, right. I know what you mean, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so. It's it's really dependent on each child, right? Yeah. And that's the other thing to keep in mind because I think the other fear that parents have is the FOMO thing, fear of missing out on something yeah. that they did in school that they thought was the best thing. Right. Well, what if your kid would never have interest in going to prom? Right. <laughs> but yet you have, as this mom, you have this envision of your child walking down the stairs yeah. in her prom dress. and <laughs> Which is hilarious because I remember they always did a G-Bach. Well, there is a homeschool prom. Right. So that's the thing. It was a riot. Like I remember hearing people that went to it and it just, I didn't go myself because I was actually at private school during those years. Yeah. You should have though. I should have. I I felt, I felt like I missed out from the homeschool. You did. It was an awesome (gasps) prom. And they had it at Heritage Hill one year. Yep. A couple of years. And that looked so fun. We had 80 kids there, you know, just (sighs) high schoolers. Right. So it was limited just to, you know, if you, Roughly ninth to twelfth grade, roughly fourteen to eighteen is is yeah. basically what we said. And if you if you're doing high school level work, you can come, right? And we said <laughs> no awesome. no middle schoolers because guess what? You need to have something to look forward to. Yeah. And there's a time and a place for everything. You yes. homeschoolers can interact across ages, but you don't have to all the time. No. <laughs> right. right? Um, so that's the cool thing. There are within all over the country homeschool groups that do really cool activities like that. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about FOMO because there's probably a homeschool group. I have some friends in Ohio. There is a homeschool prom for the entire city of like Cincinnati. Wow. Hundreds oh of kids gosh. come to this fancy hotel. And they have prom. Just for homeschoolers. Just for homeschoolers. That's awesome. And so it's not unique to Wisconsin. No. So if you want to do something as a homeschool family, you can probably find it either with a homeschool group or a mm-hmm. community-based activity. Yep. And if you don't see it, create it. Exactly. There's no reason that you because someone had to start the homeschool prom here. Right. Somebody had to start the homeschool sports association. And so how do we get those activities for our kids and other kids? Right. You find them and you make them up. <laughs> well, and I'd so. like to say, I mean, I know we have listeners tuning in from all over the country, but I'd like to say that generally speaking, in most densely populated areas, and I mean, Green Bay area isn't necessarily densely yeah. populated, but 
in most areas of the country, unless it's like rural, you know, rural Montana, or Montana, something, right? like there is one, if not multiple homeschool communities. Yes. yes. And again, know? if you don't find one, create one. Exactly. Because if you're looking for a community, there are other people also looking for yes. a community. Cause that's the thing. There are homeschoolers everywhere. It, the numbers increased so much since yeah. the pandemic of which we shall not speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, but they've always been out there. And when you look at the modern homeschool movement, like to speak again on socialization across time, yeah. if you are in your 30s or your early 40s, early to mid 40s, and you're walking around at a job or this or that or the other thing, guess what? You're surrounded by homeschoolers and you don't even know it because they're normal. Yes. Because the modern homeschool movement started in the 60s and 70s back in the United States, you know, yeah. back then. Yep. So there weren't very many at the time, but they are now in their 30s and 40s and living productive lives. And they yes. didn't even have the opportunities that kids have now. But they just look normal. And I just <laughs> like, I can't stress it enough. Like when I just, I talked like, okay, so I graduated in 2019. Mm-hmm. Hello. I mean, that was four years ago. <laughs> Um, so actually, if I would have done the, tra- I never went to college, but if I would have followed the traditional path, it's interesting to think that this would have been my senior year of college. Right. Um, and I just, I mean, I'm not a college hater, but um, that's a strong word. But anyways, like. I think I, you would have done very well in college because you love to learn and yeah, you love yeah. history and things like that that are valued yeah. there. The but, structure maybe wouldn't have. But I think you decided not right. to put yourself in debt. When yeah, it was you a big already, financial decision. Yeah, well, you already knew that you could make a living right. without the letters behind your name. Right. Right? <laughs> and I did, and yeah, and for me personally, just to cap that off, is I, I wasn't a fan of the, like, if I'm, if I'm entering a field of study for a specialized purpose, why would I learn all of this other arbitrary knowledge mm-hmm. to get, quote, a well-rounded education? Right. Didn't I get that in high school? Right. And no. and don't you get that? It's just as an adult who wants to continue. Right. I mean, if we did our job as homeschooling parents, you love to learn and you want to keep learning. Right. And we don't stop learning until the day we take our last breath. Absolutely. Right. Well, and then we're learning in eternity. And career-wise, <laughs> and anybody will tell you this, I mean, all experience... Uh, is basically learned on the job. It just yeah. is, mm-hmm. you know. It just is. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. But anyways. So you would have been doing the whole college socialization thing, <laughs> which yeah. isn't necessarily healthy. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> right. No. Um. But yeah, it's just it's so interesting talking to, um, homeschoolers my age who graduated in that same year around the same time. Yeah. I would say that in my own personal network. I would say there were more homeschoolers that, no, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say there were more homeschoolers that didn't go to college. Mm. But a lot of them didn't do the traditional four-year, yeah. you know, $30,000-a-year college. It was yeah. more like, um, they, they were just, like, so practical with it. Exactly. Like, you know, I'll yeah. go to tech school for two years, and then I'll transfer to a four-year If you want to, and if, if you I have a need, to, right? right? Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's smart. And, and actually, I think that relates to socialization, though, right? Because... Yeah. Again, not only did was I public schooled, and when I graduated in the 80s, basically it was like, if you were smart, you went to college. And if you didn't go to four-year college, you were dumb, right? So that yeah. was a whole bad socialization thing, right? But I think, I think it's changing a little bit in schools now, but especially among the homeschool community, what I've seen, and this is a socialization thing, because one thing of socialization is learning how to fit in society. That's actually like 100%. a dictionary definition of socialization. 100%, yeah. And that's a good thing. We all yes. want our kids to know how to fit in a healthy way. You don't want to just be like everybody else. It's not about being cookie cutter or conforming. Right. 
it is about knowing how to function in society, right? And that's a good goal. But I think what homeschoolers have done is really realize and teach their kids there's more than one way to skin that cat when you graduate. How do you have a happy, healthy, productive adult life? It doesn't have to be just going to four-year college. And the fact that we are able to tell our kids, think about multiple ways and which way fits you, right? I think that's so much healthier than just saying, yep, you got to go to four-year college or you're an idiot. Well, and I've I've been told by many people, like I've gotten this, I probably get this a few hundred times a year. Oh, Noah, you're an old soul. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, I don't think I'm any different in that regard than 90% of the homeschool graduates oh. I grew up with. Yeah. You know, these are people who know how to do uh, things like prepare a nice meal for themselves and their families. Yes. You know, um, like read a good book and comprehend it and like extract yeah. purpose and meaning from it. Right. And that sounds so simple, but in our society, it really isn't. Right. I mean, right. there are, you know, as somebody that still has a foot in the social pond of, you know, the 20 somethings of America, I'm mm-hmm. here to tell you like that is, it's actually really heartbreaking, but that doesn't exist yeah. in our youth today. No. Like it once did. Yeah, no, you're right. And I, that, that is all about school socialization, right? Yeah. I mean, yep. if you attend school, you probably think that as soon as you graduate, you're never cracking a book again right? because school tries to make learning unattractive, mm-hmm. I think, and kind of dumb everybody down. Yeah. So there is a different culture. In, among homeschoolers. Right. So so you were not in the group that my girls were in. What are some ways that you socialized or were socialized growing up? Ooh, um, so I would say that for basically my whole homeschool journey, uh, we were a part of like many different groups. And by groups, I mean co-ops. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just like kind of an umbrella term. Yes. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's basically, well, Tina, you could probably define it better than I can. How would you mm-hmm. define a homeschool co-op for somebody who's new to homeschooling and doesn't understand the concept? Well, and I guess I would disagree with you a little bit. I don't think you were in co-ops so much. Okay. Right? There's like probably a, a better. Like I think a co-op is you sign up to be in a group and you take academic classes there okay. for like Part, so classical conversations is an example of a co-op like group. And I know you were in that, right? right? So that is one thing where part of what you do is go for academics and then you end up making relationships and friendships there right. as well, right? But that's different from like a homeschool group or a homeschool association where right. you join for social activities and for extracurriculars. So like, so like for those in this area, so GBOC is not a co-op? Right. They don't do co-ops. Interesting. I mean, Little little pods within GBOC. Like, right. it, let's say if you have if you, your kid studying biology, yeah, and she doesn't want to dissect cats all by herself. <laughs> so you might yeah. talk to other people in GBOC, and you might say, "Hey, do you want to form a little co-op this year to do dissection Got together?" It. Right. Got it. So it'd be situational, small group, that kind of thing. Mostly, what GBOC does is the prom, the the intramural sports, the right. art classes, the tween group, the teen geography group, fair. geography fair, field trips, yep. uh, Friday fitness, right? Yep. Lots of different social opportunities, right? right. And, and there's both, right? Um, so whether if you're in a co-op, I would say that there's academic classes involved in that. And okay. if you're in a group or an association, it's more of the social extracurricular stuff. Right. So like we were a part of many different groups and I'm not like promoting or endorsing anyone. Although I will say, I don't know where these groups are now at the time. They were great. 
So I'll just put you're so that old. out there. Because I'm so old. <laughs> I don't even know if all these exist. To be okay. <laughs> but like we were part of classical conversations. We did that. We know that still exists. That still exists, obviously. <laughs> um, I, although in, and I actually just interviewed Robert Borton's on my own homeschool mm-hmm. podcast. And that mm-hmm. was a wonderful conversation. But anyways, um, that has exploded so much. I dare yeah. say it's, I don't want to say unrecognizable since I did it, but mm-hmm. just so different. Yeah. Um, so we were part of classical conversations. We were part of G-Bach. Um, Newell, that was a thing. Do you remember so, Newell? Yeah, it's a smaller homeschool was, group in this area. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if it's still functioning, Northeast but what they Wisconsin, had like home, home learners, I think. Oh, yeah. But they had like 50 families and GBAC has always had around 200 families. Right. So, yeah. Right. So we were a part of a lot of different groups um, all at the same time, yep. you know, which is beautiful. It's yes. not, it's not like, it's not like you're a part of a club necessarily. So right. like, you know, an example of something we would do is, um, Typically, how my mom, who educated my sister and I, my sister's about a year younger than I am, basically how she structured our school weeks, if you will, is um, we would have, and I would say what ages was this? Mm, I was homeschooled from around first grade to eighth grade and then took two years off and then finished out senior year. And the two years off, you weren't doing nothing. You were at a classical Christian school. Right. (laughs) Exactly. You weren't just sitting around eating bonbons. (laughs) Half half of which the enrolment were part-time homeschoolers. Exactly. Right. (laughs) So it was, it was interesting, but anyways, like, you know, um, let's say third grade, fourth grade, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, loose start time around 9am. You know, we were doing a, we would do, um, either one kind of all encompassing curriculum, like heart of Dakota, or we would do, you know, just different, like, um, different curriculum providers for each subject. Like we might do, um, you know, writing with ease for writing and, you know, spelling power for spelling and, mm-hmm. you know, um, mystery of history for history yep. and Matthew C for math. So, um, and that's a whole nother episode is customizing your children's education <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> you know, fit their unique makeup as a human. Amen. Uh, that's something the public schools don't do at no, all. ever. You know, nor do they have the time or resources. Nor do they have the inclination because right. kids are viewed as products on an assembly line. <laughs> exactly. Whether we want to. I was a public school teacher. That is exactly the mentality. And I, I, it, I chafed against it. And yeah. I was able to close my door at the time and mm-hmm. just kind of do my own thing. But even now in my field, yeah. it's all standardized. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just tell you, like... Um, I'm not not to come after private schools too, but I have to get this in there because a lot of times people um, people see private schools as mm-hmm. kind of like oh well it's not public school. Mm, private schools aren't perfect too, um, no. and you still kind of get a little bit of that assembly line mentality. So you do, and I I can speak to that too. And I spoke. We had a your mom and I were at a homeschool meetup this morning, and I was speaking to um, a mom who pulled her kids out of a private school yeah. in this area, and she had a lot of good things to say about the school, but in general. Um, the more a private school touts that they have certified teachers and they're all about that, what happens is even if, let's say it's a Christian school, and let's say that those teachers are Christians, if they were trained, if they were certified, that means they were trained even from a Christian college by a state-mandated teacher training program, which means it's secular. Mm -hmm. I was trained in that kind of program. I only learned after re-educating myself how much I was indoctrinated into certain things, right? So if you were, if you're certified as a teacher, you have underlying Mm -hmm. ideas about children that are not biblically accurate, that are just not humanly accurate. And if you're not certified as a teacher at a private school, Mm -hmm. um, which, um, 
how, you know, good luck getting hired. Oftentimes. Well, there are still some Christian schools that are, are they, they will say, we will take experience and proven okay. merit. Right. But the more that the private schools try to brag about having certified teachers, the more I personally would run away from that school. Because it's 100%. going to be more assembly line the more you have certified well, everybody, teachers. So everybody knows that public schools uh, are businesses, many businesses, mm-hmm. with a, a price tag per student. I think De Pere schools, it's like, do you know what it is, Tina, per student? It's a lot. I think, um, and I think it goes by, I don't know, okay, this is, I should know this, but is it, does it go by state or by school district? I think it's by state. Yeah, but like different school districts, you can also add into it. So okay. there's a state stipend, you know. Right. And I know it's more than $10,000 a year oh, per student. I, I think I read. So that was a long time ago. This it was could 10, be De Pere. Don't quote me. I'm not, you know, a school board candidate. So <laughs> <laughs> I am running for city council at the time of this recording. But anyways, I think I read this somewhere. I don't know where it is. It's like 15 k a kid. Yeah. No, that makes is, sense. Because a few yeah. years ago it was 10 k right. right? So. Yeah. So, um, so there's that, and in places like New York, it's over twenty. Exactly. You know? So all yeah. that to say, anytime you pull your kids out of public school, the schools are losing money, so yeah. they're going to be upset with you. But also, like the private school business model is really perplexing because um, it is really, really hard to run a private school and not take government dollars. Yeah. You know, um, and that opens up a whole. Set Ooh, of that's challenges. a different episode. That's a different. We probably episode. need to do because it's dangerous. I mean, the, the schools will lose their distinctives and they will yep. they will fall apart if they exactly. take that money. But so take your yeah. kids home. Like yeah, you know, yeah. Um, there's just like the grass is greener, and there's so many groups. But anyways, that was a rabbit hole, <laughs> and I'm glad we went down it because it gave me a few uh, future episode ideas. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but so you were in these groups, yes, and we're talking about your socialization. Yeah, so <laughs> so lo- you know, loosely, um, we would start at nine a.m. Um, to pay- we were more focused on you know getting our our tasks done. Yeah, um, and sometimes we didn't get it all done, but you know what? We learned a lot that day, so that yeah. was a success. And right. then we would close our books for the day, um, and um, we would do you know a different you know curriculum provider sometimes for different subjects. Um, but then we would be a part of different groups throughout the week. So, yes. like, um, you know, every Friday we would do, like, G-Box Fall Fitness. Yeah. Um, which I don't even remember how that worked time-wise. But maybe you get there, you get to, like, the Boys and Girls Club or a park at 9 a.m. And, you know, you just play games like dodgeball, you know, different stuff like Things that. Things it's kind of hard to do with just your sister in the right. backyard. <laughs> right? right? Yeah. You, you know, because there'd be like maybe 30, 40, 50 homeschool kids here. Yeah. Um, and you'd all play a massive game of kickball yep. or dodgeball or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just fun stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so we might do like that on Friday. And that would be, you know, like 9 to noon or 1 on Friday. Yeah. Um, and then we would do like, you know, a homeschool co-op, Newell. I think they met on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Um, and that was like, for us, that was like an all-day thing. That was like 9 to 3. Yeah, okay. Um, and that was neat because how it worked is uh, basically in this like whole community of parents, certain parents that specialized in different things would volunteer to essentially teach a class. Yeah. So like there was a woman who was actually a sign language professor at UWGB, mm-hmm. University of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, and she would teach a sign language class for wow. an hour. And so we would do like a sign language class or, you know, there was somebody who was a history major. Um, I actually think he had his PhD in history from wow. UW Madison. So he would give 
um, like a history class. And I think we were doing the 20th century. Okay. You know, we were doing Mm -hmm. the 20th century. So we would kind of chronologically every week work through a different decade of the 20th century. It was fascinating. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you love history, so I, yeah. (laughs) So that was, that was awesome. Um, there was a Shakespeare class in there. Um, there was, and the Shakespeare class, honestly, was as simple as like 12 high school students, each getting a copy of Shakespeare as you like it, everyone being assigned a character yep. and then just reading through it. Yep. And as you can imagine with that kind of Shakespearean old English and a bunch of high schoolers, that got really fun. <laughs> I, I taught a co-op class, um, through GBAC and I, I did the, a King Lear class oh my goodness and i had about eight kids it was because and a couple of the kids had to do multiple characters it was amazing yeah yeah and they they ham it up they have a great right great fun so so stuff like that i mean there were people that even i thought my i think my mom taught a class for the younger children about like birds of wisconsin yeah you know like just just, whatever uh, there was a there was a woman there my friend's mom she by trade that was her job as a japanese translator Wow. Um, so she works for like Japanese based corporations and would trans translate legal documents mm-hmm. into Japanese and English and vice versa. So she would do like a class for middle schoolers, just like yeah. the basics of Japanese, you know, yeah. being exposed to that culture. So we would do that on Wednesday. Um, you know, throughout the week we would definitely have different play dates or sleepovers with homeschool friends that would come mm-hmm. to our house and we'd do go to their house and oh my goodness, we're both using the same curriculum. <laughs> so let's, you know, wake up early and both get our math done. Yep. And yep. help each other. I mean, like, they would just there's so many opportunities for socialization, yes. mm-hmm. way more than you would get in a private or public You school. and your sister were both involved in community theater as well. Yes. So it doesn't just have to be homeschool groups. No. So talk, talk us about that a little bit. Yeah. So we were a part of a lot of different homeschool groups, whereas everyone there was a homeschooler. Yep. Um, but we would also be a part of different groups, too. So, like, there are uh, several different community theater groups in the Green Bay area. We were part of one in particular called Birder Studio, Birder Theater, um, in De Pere. Um, so we would do shows, musicals, um, you know, with other high school students. Most of them, I think we were probably, like, the only homeschool students. But we were well-liked. <laughs> well, so I was going to say, know? so your parents didn't keep you in the homeschool bubble. It just no, I think no. when we interact Good with homeschool point. families, it's just out of convenience, right? We have yeah. a similar lifestyle, similar schedule. Similar values, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that we keep our kids in the homeschool bubble, no. and you were able to interact with this community-based theater, right? Right. So that was big for us. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, that's something that typically took place in evenings. Like we would have... We would put on a show, let's say we were doing, um, you know, Les Mis or Seussical, the musical. Yeah. You know, um, the whole process, the rehearsal process would maybe be two to three months. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, I would say almost every weekday evening and on mornings and weekends, we would meet for two to three hours and rehearse. Um, And then we would... Yeah, do that for about two to three months, and then we do dress rehearsals and tech rehearsals, yeah. and um, you know there was like some private vocal lessons and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff mixed in there. So that was a whole yeah. huge thing. Yes, and my you, girls took private music lessons as and well. You so, so many yeah. other skills through that. Yeah, like highly recommend if your kids are open to it and they like it mm-hmm. that you give them an opportunity to perform. Right. Well, and I think that's the cool thing too about homeschool socialization or really anything with homeschooling. Um, one thing I tell parents is 
the sky is really the limit. Yeah. You just have to, the difference between that and school socialization, such as it is, is you have to be intentional about it. Yeah. If your kids attend school, programming is going to be there, whether you like it or not, right? I mean, because that's the other thing. Do you want your kids involved in the things that are right. <laughs> promoted by the school? I we, I have a dear friend whose daughter was in theater at one of the local high schools, and um, she was excellent, but the shows that they chose to Ooh, produce, yeah. I would not have wanted my daughters to be part no. of those shows. I thought they were grossly inappropriate right. for, for young people, right? Right. And yet, so you have to think about that. With homeschooling, though, the sky is the limit, but you just have to be intentional about finding mm-hmm. the opportunities. It doesn't take tons of effort because once you say, hey, I'm looking, all of a sudden you'll find it, right? right. But you just True. have to be willing to look for it. True. That's probably the, the quote-unquote tricky thing, if right. there is such a tricky thing. But, again, it's not hard to find. No. So. No, it's not. Um, no. I mean, I, mean, I Sports just, associations. Oh, we sport, we had yeah. the guy for the sports association, Jeff Mitchell, on one of our episodes a while ago, and he's connected with basketball, homeschool basketball so here's, leagues here's around the question, country. Tina. So yeah. I, I don't know the answer to this because I was not a sports person. Right. I just had no desire to be anywhere near sports. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Like – when somebody throws a football, how you're supposed to throw a football, like it spirals in the air, mm-hmm. I couldn't do it to save my life. Well, you know at least that they throw the football and don't dribble it. So you know <laughs> That's something. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I've seen, you know, football games on in the background. But my question is, yeah. and I'm sure you get this like all the time from parents, um, can a homeschool student be a part of a public high school sports team? Depends on where you live. Okay. Okay. In Wisconsin, Yes. Okay. Uh, the answer is yes. They passed the Tebow law in 2015, uh, for better or for worse. Uh-huh. Um, every district in the state of Wisconsin has to allow you to try out for a sports team if you're a homeschooler and you want to, as long as you meet their rules. Okay. And every district gets to set its own rules. Got it. There is no standard to say, you know, you must only do X, Y, or Z. There are some school districts who say, we need more bodies, and if you're good and you're homeschooled, we don't care. You know, just... You do have to fill out more information than you have to do for the homeschool law, but it might be just name and birth date or something like sure. that. There are other districts that make you jump through about 50 hoops, right. and then you still have to try out and try to make the team. Right. So, And in a lot of states, I think that is a possibility, um, yeah. way more now than a few years ago. But again, I would say approach that with caution because again, your kids are going to be exposed to things that you'll know nothing about. Yes, and so and true. again, in Wisconsin, where we have very low homeschool regulation, you have to provide a lot more personal information about your children to be on the homeschool or on the school sports team. Well, and so, I, I know the Green Bay area is fortunate enough yeah. to have so many good homeschool um, sports groups. Or right, well, there is the sports association, and what I was going to say is Jeff Mitchell, the yep. the coach, the basket men's basketball coach, varsity men's basketball coach here. He was telling your mom and I about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of homeschool sports associations around the country. Wow. I had no idea. He So, and yeah, you could, a, you could spit and hit one no matter where you live. Well, <laughs> this isn't, and for listeners, this isn't a bunch of homeschoolers getting together at some park. Like, no. there are people who went, who were a part of that homeschool sports association that yep. went on to get, like, basketball scholarships. Oh, yeah. And- yeah, coach's son. In fact, our coach here, he coached college basketball. And right. now he is our men's varsity. And they have tournaments. They have yep. regionals. They have a national championship. So, the, so like, 
So Nucha was just the basketball division. Nucha is the Christian Homeschool Athletic Association for okay. homeschoolers in this area. Basketball is their main sport for men and women because, and it really starts at ten, so it's girls and boys. Right. You know, um, it's it's relatively easy to manage, right? right. Uh, Jeff said that uh, it's basketball and cross country are the two easiest sports for Got a it. sports association to get going. Um, other, we have girls volleyball in this area as well. I've other sports associations have football. I mean, that's pretty intensive. He said the soccer the amount of soccer teams for among homeschoolers and you don't just play homeschoolers it, right you, that was my next question yeah, you so play like, homeschool teams our our group here has an athletic director that that gets a schedule a very robust schedule yeah but you play other homeschool teams you play the private school teams and you play non-conference games against the public school teams wow. as well so wow. yeah he said that's a little tough to get on because they're only allowed so many games per season. So they can't right. just go off and play somebody. But if they've got a slot in their schedule, yeah, you could be playing a public school team and wow. get that whole experience, which he said has been <laughs> – you guys need to listen to that episode. So, yeah. <laughs> but, wow. but that's another opportunity to socialize, right? I, this mom I was talking to who pulled her kids out of the private school about a year ago, um, her two boys are in this homeschool sports association, and – it has been such a blessing for them. Wow. Because they're both really good at basketball and that is has been their, their ticket into getting to know other homeschoolers. Yeah. Because they, they were pulled out at like age ten and twelve or something and so they didn't grow up in it. Mm-hmm. And so but now they're starting to make friends because of sports. <gasps> and it's right there. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's awesome. And if sports isn't your thing, there's certainly other opportunities like oh, yeah. I'm sure there's like mock trial and like forensics and that. There stuff. is. There's a forensics association in Appleton, which homeschoolers from anywhere in our area can be part of it. National Christian Homeschool Forensics Association, I think wow. it's called. Yeah. So there's music, there's drama, there's sports, there's chess clubs. I've chess heard of club. That. There's a. We interviewed her as well. There's a homeschool band program about yeah. 30 minutes from here that has so many opportunities. Wow. They have a marching band. <laughs> I mean, yeah. who knew? I didn't have a marching band. I went to a school. Where I was one of 42 in my graduating class, yeah, and we had a marching band, all 12 of us, but we were so small and so pathetic looking, we rode on the back of a truck so we wouldn't look completely dumb. (laughs) But the homeschoolers have a marching band. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. I know. So So the opportunities are out there. There are. Again, you don't have to have FOMO because if you can't find it, you can create it. You know, it could be that God is calling you to create something that nobody else has thought of, but you're gifted to do it. And, and exactly, and you don't have to be afraid because if you're wondering where this is, mm-hmm. probably a few dozen other people are as well in Absolutely. your community. Yeah. And I think that's just it, Tina. It's like, I've talked about this with my mom too, of course, is, you know, like, unfortunately, public schools have become the centers of community yeah. in our society. You know, everything happens through the school, yeah. um, you know, on weekends, you watch the show choir competitions or the musicals that the high school put on, yeah. you know, in the evenings you watch the football games that the high school put on, yeah. um, you know, your, you know, it's, so it's just one of those things. Um, and I think for parents that are so new and haven't been exposed to homeschooling or the idea of homeschooling, yeah. um, they just can't break that like enduring psychological yeah. image of doing life through the school. And, you right. know, like um, 
my kid's in kindergarten. I'm going to drop off some cupcakes for that. Mm, or, yes. you know, I want to be the, um, and I, I, sometimes it's a derogatory term, but the soccer mom yeah. who, um, you know, drives the kids to and from their, their right. high school games, you know, yeah. or something like that. Right. Um, or, you know, high school, like musical or, or play rehearsals, right. um, like that all exists yeah. tenfold in the homeschool community. Yeah. You just have to, I beg of you, try it, you know? <laughs> um, and I've heard, I've heard too that, um, like there are, I've heard this, like certainly one time sticks out at me. I'm sure I've heard it more than once. I was, um, talking to somebody, this is like a couple years ago. I think it was at a conference actually. She told me that when she was new to homeschooling, she found this, um, like just like homeschool park meetup and she actually wept when she was there because, oh. and it was tears of joy because she just felt like so not alone anymore. Yeah. Like I'm homeschooling, you're homeschooling too, yes. you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and I think that's the thing from a mom perspective. Um, it seems like a lot of homeschool moms are kind of introverted and and I am by nature too, mm-hmm. but to the extent where maybe it's going to be a stretch for them to make those intentional moves. Yeah, but I also mm-hmm. think, it is your children's education. It is your children's life. And I think it's our responsibility as moms to step outside our comfort zone a little bit. But it's going to be such a blessing for the moms as well, because moms need community as well. Yeah. And I look at homeschool opportunities for socialization, kind of like when you buy a new car, right? If you, I always think about a Volkswagen Bug. I would love to have a Volkswagen <laughs> Bug again in my life. My parents had one when I was very little, and I, I have a special affinity for it. Yeah. I'm never going to get one. But... Um, you will never see a Volkswagen bug on the highway until you buy one. And then suddenly you'll see them everywhere. Right. right. And I think homeschool anything is like that as yep. well. You think you're all alone. You think you're the only one doing it. Yep. I know for a fact, even in rural Montana, you're not the only one doing it. You just have to start. And then all of a sudden they'll be, you'll see them left and right. And you will not be able to avoid no. seeing other homeschoolers finding communities activities, well, all of that. And I don't have the de- uh, the audience demographics of the Loftcast pulled up in front of me, but obviously, like, most folks tuning in are from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. This podcast, The Loft, is based in the Green Bay area, DePue, right. Wisconsin, to be exact. And I'm just thinking of some of the, like, cities and towns that pop up in my head that I just know, A, people are listening in from, and B, there's communities. So, like, Green Bay, Nina, Appleton, La Crosse, like, People are, there are homeschool communities in those areas for yeah, sure. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, really anywhere. And yeah. if you think there isn't, just ask around and you will find them. Yes. So. Yeah. Don't think you're alone. You're not. You know, no. and, and I think that's what parents fear, that I'm pulling my kids out and now we're going to be isolated sitting at home all day long. Right. Not no. at all. If you do that, that's because you made that choice. That's exactly. not, you're not stuck at home. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, Tina, man, another great episode. We this could, I know we could talk about it forever, we right? Could. I know, I know. Um, yeah. We should probably just camp out here and just like take breaks in between and record like eight episodes. <laughs> we should. I know for <laughs> listeners, yeah, we put about like 45 minutes into this episode, but Tina and I were catching up for about an hour before that, so, <laughs> which we probably should have recorded because it was all related to homeschooling. But um, yeah, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Loftcast. Um, yeah, just you're doing the right thing homeschooling your kids. You really are. So tune in for another episode.